Hello and hi and welcome to the rbr.music podcast. My name is Steve Hurley and as always I'm joined by the creator of the rbr.music Instagram page, Jordan Murray. Hello. Hello. For each episode in true RBR fashion we'll be bringing you classic and new album reviews. It's our mission to cut through the noise to discuss the sound. On the rbr.music radar this episode, we're going to be discussing the ninth studio album by American indie rock band The National. First two pages of Frankenstein. Cool name. Over to you, Jord. Okay, let me set the scene with where the band were before this album was recorded. Beninga battling depression and writer's block with his bandmates also going through somewhat of an existential crisis, the mood within the camp was very much that the National could be no more. It's totally at odds with the star rising among a new generation of fans. As guitarist Aaron Desner became the go-to producer for pop's biggest and brightest, adding a sprinkling of sad folk majestically over a slew of records by the likes of Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran. The ninth album, first two pages of Frankenstein, named to reflect the blank and desolate wasteland that opened Mary Shelley classic noir novel. On that helped Beninga work through his writer's block. This album is very much a band at ground zero, proving that they can do this as much to themselves as to a waiting world. I was suffering more than I let on, Pines Beninga, on the brutally honest tropic morning news he finds the strength to put sadness into song. There's nothing stopping me now from saying all the painful parts out loud. The Phoebe Bridges assisted Song, Your Mind Is Not Your Friend, is a piano-led waltz through that haze where you try in vain to be persuaded that it's nothing. There's another Bridges collaboration, the aching This Isn't Helping, while the National get by with a little further help from their friends on the gorgeous Once Upon a Poolside featuring Suf Jan Stevens. Then we move to the Alcott, with their new pal Taylor Swift, the latter an arena-ready light-is-up ode to lending an ear to some hard truths. Ice Machines and Send For Me take the minimal approach of 2017's Sleep Well Beast, but with some of the subtle lushness showcased on the ambitious ramble of 2019's record come soundtrack, I am easy to find. So, while Beninga, he's certainly singing of his family and bandmates, it feels the same of the national and the listener. Having made a name for their brand of what the frontman once called Sad Sack Mope Dad Rock Brunch Core <laughs> Americana, uh, that's going to be my next tattoo, that. Um, first perfected on their raw cult third and fourth albums, Alligator and Boxer, the band are only now at their most emotionally direct. So, 
Yeah, I found this album extremely forward-thinking and quite emotion emotional in pretty much every song just seemed very as i just said emotionally direct um the first two pages the album i think it's a testament to what makes this band so popular two decades down the line this is the national back from the brink and at the for me and i'm guessing this is why you're listening listeners um at their absolute best uh what are your thoughts my lad yeah so i think probably like quite a lot of people i came across the national around boxer um and it fell perfectly in line with kind of singer songwriter meets an indie rock band so it was sort of perfect big tick for me um and then, I'll be generally honest with you, the last handful of albums, probably, I don't know, the last maybe three or four before this one, um, I've not paid too much attention to, and that's not a criticism of them, that, you know, that I have had to listen a little bit more recently, but um, this album... But with that, with that, I have an issue with that myself, um, just to support your point... For me, The National, I really like the band. I, lo- I like the majority, if not all, the albums they've ever produced. But as soon as an album comes out, give it a month maximum. I, w- I won't go back to it. I just almost forget until a new album comes out and then I'm back in love with The National. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't last long enough. Uh, I, I, I don't think... I don't think you, Jim, well, I, I haven't ever gone, like, there's, there's similar artists I've gone a bit head over heels for, you know, I've listened to albums, you know, ten times back to back, yeah, two, yeah. three, four months, and five times after their last album's release, you know, there's, there's, there's limited repetition with The National for me, even though I would generally say they're, you know, in a top number of bands that I would, I would respect, enjoy, uh, want to, you know, would have wanted to be in, you know, they're, that they, they, they are. I think they're great, cool. but yeah, they're 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 cool. They they tick a box. That's of our generation. If you are heading to your back end of your thirties, they they have ridden the wave of um you know the two thousands moving onwards, and 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 they've done it really well. And in my opinion, they don't they don't really write a bad song. I mean, we'll come to it later, but you know there isn't really a bad track on this. It's it's all, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's all the same. I don't I don't mean that at all, but. It's, there's, there's a very similar musical theme throughout the whole album. I like that in an album because I'll get lost into an album like you do, Jordan. You probably dig a bit deeper, but I like getting sort of passively lost. You're a bit more kind of aggressively lost in there. And I think this album works for our both different types of listening. And I think that's why we can respect yeah, this band. Yeah, I think I find myself... I find myself really getting into the lyrics... And the music, but sometimes when it's on my headphones, it'll have been playing for twenty odd minutes, and I've not listened mm. to the lyrics. I've just listened to the, the melodies. I just really, there's a lot to take in, and you can just yeah. take it bit by bit. And so it, do, it does warrant repeated listens, um, 
but most of the national albums do just but i yeah. do i i often feel that they are forgotten about this band i think and again we'll come to it later on but i think that has to do with a little bit of they write i would say and this is going to sound like i'm a, a trying to be offensive and i'm definitely not they consistently write seven out of ten quality songs all the time. So there's, there's no one out of tens, two out of tens. They are seven or maybe eights out of tens, like pretty much consistently. So for me, that is an album that I will always listen to. But I do need a ten out of ten every now and again. Now, this one, for me, and I can't say this as a sort of as a fan as you know, as big a fan as some may be. This album probably has a little bit more peaking above that kind of precipice of, of, of kind of like good. You know, there's a few tracks on here that I think actually I'm going to come back round to um, and listen again and again. So maybe this is one of those albums that after 20 years of a very successful career might actually create more listeners for them that they didn't yeah, have 15 so. years yeah. ago. Yeah. I mean, look, we can't argue. We, we always, I know we don't necessarily love them, but... Number four on the UK album charts. I know the American Billboard have about three or four different top charts, but they're pretty much, I think, the alternative album chart. They got to one. I think independent album three. I think the US Billboard did 14. Like, they're not, you know, they're, they're not lightweights when it comes to a successful A strong band. following. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and obviously, you know, they, they've, they've been compared to artists that, you know, aren't... I would always listen to and love and they must have inspired them. You can hear quite a lot of the I don't know, the the the, the sounds that you would always kind of come back round to from, from other artists. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's history within there and I think that for me is quite important. It doesn't necessarily have to like blow you out the water all the time. Saying all of this, I do think this album has a a bit of a uniqueness. There's definitely a delicateness that may not have been there in the same way. I think there's yeah. Fragil- I think it's more more accessible as well. Although it's got its fragile parts, and like you said, Steve. Um, yeah, it's. I think you can approach this as a new fan and not yeah. know too much about the um, back catalogue. But I think I think going back to the bands that they do get compared with, I mean, to be compared to a, a Joy Division or Cohen, Interpol, whoever it may be, Radiohead, I know they get referred to quite a lot as well. Like, like I think they're artists that you didn't have to be around in the mid-90s to love Radiohead. You can slip in. 30 yeah. years later and go shit this is this is brilliant and I think we'll probably see the national do another nine albums I I, I, I think in this it has a Nick of, it has a Nick Cave um, yeah, th- yeah. feel to it of or imagery to it which yeah that I, I definitely enjoy and like you say Leonard Cohen um, very yeah so he's very powerful with his imagery and I think it works really well with how this is written and presented. And I think, I mean, I, when, when I was listening to this, I, I can hear artists that sort of you and me sort of musically flirted with in our uni days when we probably were a bit more 
kind of split in our music tastes. I was very much down kind of that Americana singer-songwriter of that era. You were a little bit more kind of historic and probably went back two or three decades oh, of history. Yeah, and, and yeah. And then we met sort of somewhere across the that that middle ground. And and this band is that perfect meet in the middle if you if, if they're your two yeah, extremes. Yeah. Um and and again it's it took me back to I mean there's elements of, of artists like Pete Yorn I can hear through this and I, I like that and, and because I hear that, I mean I think there's a one of the tracks, um I think it was their first single release, Tropical Morning News. I I just think it reminds me so much of a Pete Yorn track. I, I instantly love it because there's there's not much I, c- I can't love about that. So I think that they probably, what did you say? They're probably everyone's sort of semi-favourite band that you might forget about oh, yeah. again and again. But I don't know yeah. what term you put before, but it's sort of, it's, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, this sounds really harsh, but I don't mean it to be. And I don't know why either. But here we go. Strap yourselves in, listeners. I just think the last 20 years, if you want to name your top 10 favourite bands, I think you'd forget to mention The National. I just think the the overlooked that they're a cult they're a cult band, which I hope I hope this album puts them more in a position for the masses to enjoy. I'm not sure if that would annoy um, fans of the present, uh, fans of the past, but you know you need to move forward um, I, I, if you want to get anywhere. So. I, I suppose I in this day and age of of streaming and accessibility to music, I don't see it as a bad thing because you probably will gain listeners that you wouldn't have gained 25 years ago when streaming services weren't available and it may mean you're never in someone's top 10 but you're you're worthy of a place in someone's top 10 because you're that good and I think that's where these these guys sit for me Um, and if I was to say to anyone, oh have you heard the new Nationals album? They might not have, and they might not have even picked up the Was One release, but they go, oh, I really like the National. I've never heard someone go, I don't like them. Like, like it's either they yeah, don't know yeah. them, and it's not, their, it's not their world of music, their genre of music, or it's very much, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're really bad. Oh, I must listen to that. I've had this conversation just the other day with someone, and it was like, oh yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely listen to them. They're, they're a brilliant album. That's why they're a brilliant band. And, and that, that, that says a lot. Um, it might mean that they're never going to be, you know, selling out open air arenas with two hundred thousand people because it's hard to do that when you are a bit of a oh yeah thought. You know what I mean? It's not like you said. You're not necessarily rushing down and downloading or buying the LP. So it's it's kind of finding that happy medium of where success takes you. And I don't think when you're this age of lads, I mean, they must be in their early 40s now, I don't know exactly, but they're a little bit older than you and me. Um, I don't think they care. I think they just make good music again, again and again. And for me, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think they're in a strong uh, position to do I, that, which is good. They make music. And, and it's, and it's underrated to be continuously good. You know, it is, I know that sounds stupid, like you don't have to have banger after banger or like, you know, like, you know, anthem tune. It can... 
it can just be. Yeah, I think that's the times have changed. I think in the, I mean, I could go back to the nineteen twenties, but just if we say the nineteen sixties, people weren't a full product. They would, I suppose, there was money um, to do this as well at the time, but they could feel themselves out the first two albums and mm. find the sound in the third album and people would buy into that and blah, blah, blah. With streaming now, I think it's easier to um, for bands to find their album, uh, to find their album, mm. to find their sound because they can do all sorts of stuff and just put, put it out there. And what I like about The National is if there's bands that will just, oh, this is selling, this is our sound. Well, yeah. no, if you're not enjoying it, yeah. don't make it your sound. You, you're not being uh, yeah, true to your art. These boys do do that. And I don't think you stay a band for, 23 or, for 24 years if you don't do that. Because one thing I think gets forgotten so easily when it comes to, you know, reviews or talking music or just enjoying music is the production has to be a happy experience. We've all watched music docos and stuff like that. Watching bands tear each other apart, or clearly they're all you know off the faces, and kind of it's all just chaotic, and it's not an enjoyable experience. So it disappears sadly quite quickly. Even the you know even geniuses that will happen to. However, I feel when I listen to these guys, they love what they do. They enjoy performing. I imagine I've never seen them live. Um, physical live. I've seen live performances. Um. And it always looked really good. I'd love to see it at a festival. I think, you know, a Sunday afternoon at Glastonbury or a Saturday afternoon at Leeds Festival would be brilliant. You know, uh, they've got that about them. Um, I suppose what we're sort of alluding to is being good at being consistently kind of yourself is, is a bit underrated and does mean you might be slightly forgotten by a broader audience, but it's, it's nothing to be shied at at all. Well, Newsly, the all-in-one super app for iOS and Android. How does Newsly work, I hear you ask? Well, it picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics that you choose and at any given moment reads them out in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable and all in one place. Browse articles from topics that you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling and start listening. You can follow topics such as sport, tech, business, science, or even music. They have a podcast as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Our podcast, the rbr.music podcast, is there too. I've started using it as my default podcast app, and they even have digital radio. So download and start using Newsly for free from www.newsly.me in the description. And if you use the promo code... That's R-B-R-M-U-S. You'll receive one month free premium subscription. Go and give it a go. No, no. Um, what has popped into my head um, oh yeah. is... So they went through a difficult patch from I Am Easy to Find 2019 and this album, the first two pages. But the adults, and they dealt with it and they didn't have to... Mm. Um, go to the trashy, bloody um, tabloids and whatever. And I also think what makes them so great 
is their own downfall a little bit is mm. even from the debut album they're a grown up band so they seem very with it and together and they sing these wonderful songs perform these wonderful songs my point being is if you didn't grow up with them or if if you're a teenager it's going to be a little strange to get they're not really I know kicking down the door and uh, being rebels they're just singing very intelligent yeah. songs with great music which is, is good for me and you and people of our age but I think maybe that does get lost on a younger audience um but, but that I think that's an, you alluded to it before, possibly, um, and I, you seem to understand a bit more of the background to it. But I know she's not necessarily you know a, a nineteen year old, but a Taylor Swift appearing on an album will will surely open up a few more ears that weren't necessarily listening your way. Yeah, like, that's that what surprised me. Is right. This isn't to make me sounds intellectual because obviously I've 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 ruined that on the previous podcast on previous episodes of the podcast I am aware of Taylor Swift I don't really know her music at all I wouldn't be able to name you an album probably wouldn't be able to name you a song but she's very present in like social media apps of and you know, websites and stuff, you'll, you can see her image everywhere. So I know what she looks like. I am aware she's very popular and people adore her uh, as a pop singer. And that's absolutely fine. That's great. Um, I'm happy to go and, when I have time, to listen to some of the albums and see if what I make of it. But my point, <laughs> my point being is I do find it strange that they chose Taylor Swift to have her on an album which obviously fans of Taylor Swift will go to, to listen to, but I don't think it's Taylor Swift music. Saying that, I've never really listened to Taylor Swift, so for all I know, this might be right up Taylor Swift's alley. Um, well, I, 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 I just I would... find it very difficult yeah. to think that this is not a sales sort of what's it called scheme maybe of to get new people to listen to them i but i also think if you listen to the nationals back catalog it's not pop music no um and did you say before there'd been a bit of co-writing with or writing for Pop art. I, I, did, I, I, I don't know if I made that up. Did you say yeah, he'd, he'd done some writing? The national guitarists, um, Aaron Desner, he's um, written... I don't know if he's written for them or written with them, but he's, um, he's put the sad folk twist on some of Taylor Swift, right. uh, along with Ed Sheeran's um, songs, yeah. but I've not listened to any of them, so I w wouldn't know. Which, which kind of does kind of throw my theory to one side because it does <laughs> it when I was doing my research I found that out so maybe Taylor Swift is going down a sad folky sort of route 
Um, I have no idea. Well, I, I think I think I think the point Australia I was trying to make. I think you're on the same page. Is it just seemed a slightly slightly out of place, but that's okay. No criticism. It is bit you know bit bit out of place. Where someone like Phoebe Bridges, who we've discussed on the pod before with Boy Genius, like she does fit. Yeah. Them, yeah. I think, and she's on she's on two tracks that actually. But I'm saying that as well, just to play devil's advocate. If Taylor Swift was on a Gorillas album, we'd be whoa! Isn't this quirky? Yeah. Isn't this fun? Isn't this strange? Yeah. Um, but because yeah, it's on a national album, know. we're like, this is a s- strange and like not. It, yeah. it doesn't rest easy on my shoulders. This choice. Yeah, I suppose that that probably is a compliment to. The national a little bit because you're so sort of brave enough to do it. Protect- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and you get a bit protective over them as well. So if they kind of break mold a little bit, you're sort of like, oh shit, I don't want it to be crap. You know, I want it to be good. And I'm not saying it is. I just, do you know what I mean? You'll you'll always have that. Any of the artists and bands that you love and enjoy, you're always going to have that. Um, it's just yeah, they they've they've collabed with two quite indie singer songwriters. And then Taylor Swift, who's clearly a very successful pop artist. I mean, I think she's country pop. I think I'm, I'm right. again not massively clued up on that. I think she does. She has come down the country pop music as well. But um, it yeah, and, and I think yeah, it, it it's probably the one bit of the album that I don't quite get, which we'll we'll come to in a few moments anyway. Um, so yeah, so I suppose then. That leads us to the perfect point in the pod where we will deliver our feature star rating. Um, over to you, George, for the star rating on this okay, album. Please. The National's ninth studio album, first two pages of Frankenstein. I give four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. This album is a strong effort, a strong album from them. I think it's going in a slightly new direction. And considering they had writer's block and um, they were almost going to quit, break up the band, I think this is a joyous return and I hope they do carry on. This is the in-between I Am Easy To Find and this album, they've had the little wobble. Um, I think I Am Easy To Find wasn't the strongest album they've ever done but on saying that most the majority of the albums are absolutely fantastic and i hope this brings them to more of a wider audience i just think the subject matter they sing about really i did find really um interesting and i always love listening to them and going down the rabbit hole of imagery they present to me as a fan, as a listener. Um, and I just hope I don't forget about them after this podcast <laughs> until the next album comes out. Well, I, I think I think this album has enough to kind of respark. Yeah, certainly the love of the... For me, yeah, the, yeah. Boxer, the Boxer. Yeah. Alligator and Boxer, yeah, think, if no one's listened to those two albums, definitely yeah. give those a whirl. It was like 2006, Six, seven, eight era, and like I said, it obviously quite. A, it's a really good musical era for yeah. you and me, and it, yeah, it definitely harks back to that. So, okay, we'll start a rating four out of five. Well done, lads, and uh, 
We look forward to hearing the next. We'll send you your uh, prize in the post. Your Blue Peter badge for any British listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. we'll move on to our final feature, which is the good, the bad and the rad. And as it says, we've had good track, a bad track and a rad track. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a lead on this episode with this one, just because um, me and Jordan pretty much end up agreeing before we come on the pod anyway. Um, so the good track, um, we went with Eucalyptus. Um, I just think it's a great, great track. Uh, good is probably a bit understatement. It is, I think, one of their singles being released. They have released five already from this album. Um, but really, really nice track. Um, it's number two on the album. It has, for me their typical sound it's that i think we've used the term a couple of times now did he say sad dad is that the the term he's tried to embrace George? like <laughs> yeah, it yeah. has this kind of like i'm not sure if i think it was like a tongue-in-cheek thing yeah. but it does suit them down to it the does ground. it does it's almost got rainy day um i always refer to kind of like journey traveling songs you know so that you could just stare out a window listen to this really really nice track it grows really well. It's got great drums that have that build to it. So, yeah, for me, Eucalyptus, would you agree with that one, George? Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Sufjan Stevens' uh, Once Upon a Poolside, which is the first track. Lovely track. Enjoying. And then you, you, Eucalyptus comes on the second track, and it really perked up my ears. Yeah. And that's when I thought, was I even listening to Once Upon a Poolside? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as the uh, eucalyptus comes on, I, I, I'm, I start concentrating. So, I mean, before all that, I'm not saying the other songs are bad opening tracks. No, no, not at all. I've gone back to it and I've really enjoyed it. But yeah, eucalyptus, definitely. Yeah, and like I said, there are a number of tracks not dissimilar to eucalyptus, that, that kind of classic indie, slightly lo-fi sound. So yeah, eucalyptus was our... Um, our good track. Um, bad track, George. What do we set along for the bad track, my mate? Uh, dear me. Okay. There wasn't really a bad track, but the track that for me didn't flow as nicely, and it does sound like I'm bad mouthing her, but I'm really not. I'm happy to learn more about her and listen to her music. But for me, it was a little too poppy and it just didn't flow well within the album. Although I think it's a fairly good song. You can imagine people with the lighters out swaying side to side. It's the uh, the Alcott featuring Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I think with that, it's not a critique of Taylor Swift at all. It, it just felt a bit out of place and it is actually quite a nice track. I think... Yeah, it's nice enough. It's just the weakest. I think one. it's not even weak. It just doesn't. It just jars a little bit. No, yeah. I think if you listen to it, and about two minutes in, Taylor Swift's vocals become quite prominent. And my thought was because it is Taylor Swift, you hear it be Taylor Swift because she is Taylor Swift, and I almost felt like it didn't need to be. Taylor Swift. Now, her fans might say, no, we, 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 we want to hear her voice and we want to hear her do something different than she usually does. But I just felt like it could have been a slightly more haunting 
voice possibly I've, I've, I've heard many bands such as you know the national and similar team up with other people like I said the phoebe bridges relationship i think works really well vocally so it's not a criticism it just didn't quite flow and i don't know i know she co-wrote it and if, if she's been working with other members of the band i completely get it and again who am i to say you know <laughs> the progression isn't the right way forward but it just didn't quite flow but like I said, it's not a criticism of the single or the track it's more criticism of how it fits within the album um, because there isn't really a bad track on here so sorry taylor if you're listening i'm sure you are um the rad track <laughs> yeah. the rad track um i'm gonna leave with the rad track here and i i went with and i think you jumped on board pretty quickly when i suggested this tropical morning news um for me as i said personally it reminded me of pete yawn who's one of my favorite musicians of all time and it's also it's the most upbeat song. When we talk about the rad track, we do like to refer to a, a track that possibly gets you a little bit, you know, wriggling your seat and kind of moving. It's definitely the liveliest. It's got a bit of a more of a modern beat to it. It's some yeah. It's it's just it's just it's 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 got that sort of early two thousand sound to it that I love, that indie America, and it's just lively. It's definitely the lively track. Would you agree, Jord? Yeah, um, I really enjoy the track. There's a side note I'd also like to um, point out for just for me, nobody else. Um, turn off then, sure. Your mind is not your pardon. Should we turn it off then, yeah. If it's just for you, you don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might as well. Joe, uh, thank you for letting me speak, uh, Stephen. <laughs> so your mind is not your friend, featuring Phoebe Bridges. I think it's a beautiful track. It's not. Rads, well for me it's rad, but I don't mean rad as in let's go out dancing and have a great time. I've um, dealt with depression for most of my life. You know, I've not been able to get out of bed. I've um, really found things difficult. Uh, I'm on the up and up now, listeners. I bet you didn't think that was going to be this sort of uh, conversation, but there you go. But this is the first song um, I've heard that I've ever heard that feels directly how I felt in the past with my depression of trying to take my life and things like that. Your mind is not your friend, just hit me so hard. And that's what music's supposed to do, isn't it? It was just a beautiful moment of, I felt like the music was hazy and walking through hospital corridors and things like that. It just, well, it didn't put me back into a position of like <laughs> deteriorating, but I just thought it was a beautiful acknowledgement of you've come through the worst. And for that, I think this song is magnificent. And also the album, um, I just has a ple- special place in my heart for this one song. And I'm sorry if I've bored you, listeners, but I felt I needed to tell you. No, it's cool, and we like we like the. the oh, I thought spectrum. you'd hung up, Steve. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we 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 like the spectrum of um, Brad and enjoy you know enjoying certain reasons tracks for certain reasons and different reasons. So, no, really cool point, and it is it is a fantastic song actually, and it probably does deserve its own little little subgenre on the good, the bad, and the rad. So. 
Cheers, Jordan. Thanks for thanks for being so open this evening. Um, so cheers, guys, as always, for taking time to listen to the podcast. We enjoy talking at you and hopefully you still enjoy listening. Please do like, subscribe and tell someone about the podcast. It does help us. If you do give us a thumbs up, it helps with the algorithm growth too. Um, as always, we get some brilliant comments and communications with you guys through the Instagram that Jordan loves spending hours and hours a day working on. So um, keep communicating through that medium. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to talking at you again soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you.